0: People always know when something's out of alignment. They know. No one has, to, it's not like it's a surprise when relationships are out of alignment, jobs, eating food that makes you feel like garbage, not sleeping, like you already know. Whether or not you wanna change it, whether or not you believe you can change it are two mm. very separate things.
1: That was from my conversation exploring the walk of life with holistic health coach, licensed clinical mental health counselor, and host of the Root of Power podcast, Amanda Chills. Beyond all of those titles, Amanda is also just an absolute joy to talk to and could definitely find a career in comedy if she chose. Amanda and I had a great conversation about her journey, her work, and explored a variety of topics. I'm really humbled to have had an opportunity to meet and have a conversation with Amanda, and I'm very excited to share it. Thank you as always to Misha Zarens for the music in today's show. Welcome to The Walk Show Podcast, Amanda Chills. How are you doing tonight?
0: I am living the dream, my dude. Hello.
1: Awesome. Well, I'm so excited to have you here. You are a, I'm just going to, I'm just, this is coming from from your own website here, but there's a, there's a list here. Holistic health coach, transformation expert, hype woman, primal health coach certified, licensed clinical mental health counselor, holistic practitioner, podcast host. Mm-hmm optimistic realist, and my favorite weirdo. You've got a website, livemyhappyhealth.com, and then your podcast is The Root of Power. It's a really cool name, and, and looking through some of the the topics that you've had. Yeah, and a really cool show. So, uh, obviously, we'll talk primarily about your career and that sort of stuff and the work that you do and, and those things, but where... where where do you originate from? What was your childhood like? Are you um, also mental health practitioners? Or?
0: My dad is nuts. So that does that. Mm. <laughs> my dad is one of those people that like, literally is kind of legendary. So my <laughs> so my dad doesn't give a fuck about anything, <laughs> anything in life. He's never embarrassed. He never is. I mean, he it's just, it's wild to grow up with. So like, when you grow up, and this is something I really noticed when I started therapy, and, you know, a lot of people come because they're parents. One of the things I notice is, like, when you grow up with someone who's just balls to the wall, I do what I want, I create my own destiny, and then has a partner, my mom, who is, like, normal. <laughs> <She's> <laughs> um it really creates an interesting dichotomy because my dad is, is I mean, when you talk about like manifesting what he believes in, like I've never seen someone who is as powerful as he is. Like wow. one time, yeah, one time. So my dad plays the lottery twice a week, every week has since he, he's from Cuba. So since he moved to the US, he has played the lottery. One time he had played and he was reading the paper to check the lottery numbers and he read the numbers, and the last one was one number off from what he played. And he said, "That's not right. I won. They misprinted." <laughs> convinced, convinced that they misprinted. They did. Oh my god! He misprinted, and he won like two or three thousand dollars.
1: What? That's crazy. <laughs> and
0: he just said he convinced. He said, "Oh, they misprinted. I won." <laughs> and it was like insane. And he just does things like that. So it's it's very cool to have someone who's just like. Well, I'm just going to do this and then go do it. So it really sets you up for a lot of things like, you know, I've been able to do what I have done, partly because I'm privileged and I grew up, you know, my parents are t- together and they're happy and you know, we were well off financially, not, you know, crazy rich, but like, I didn't have to struggle. I had a good education. So there's a lot of privilege there. But it's also having like watching someone because we learn from our parents, right? Watching someone who's just like, I'm just going to do whatever I want. I don't give a damn what anybody says, which honestly is freedom. So that is why I do what I do. Because one of the things I hear most often is how trapped people are by other opinions and how, and I call it building a cage out of other people's opinions. Mm It's like every time you self-sacrifice, every time you self-betray to live up to somebody's standard, that's not your own. It's like they hand you a bar and every single time they hand you a bar and you take it, you build your own cage. And so it's quote unquote safe in there. You're, you're not criticized quote unquote. You're not judged quote unquote, even though they do it anyway, Mm -hmm. but you live in a prison. It may be a pretty prison, but you still live in a prison. So my hope and dream in life is about getting people out of their own prisons so that they are just 100 percent authentically who they are. The root of power actually comes from the root of power is you you are rooted in yourself when you stand in your truth when you are you say this is who I am, you move that is like it's like imagine like angels singing like that's <laughs> what happens and it is it's such a wild transformation to watch. And it leads to so many ripples that like people don't even think about.
1: Right. Yeah. I've, I've worked with a life coach now for close to two years and, oh yeah, she's, and she's awesome. She's, she's tremendous. And that's something that, that her and I have talked a lot about is that I am, she, I feel I feel almost obviously I need more coaching. I feel almost embarrassed to say it because I don't I don't want to sound like I'm trying to sound cool or something. But she says
0: (laughs) we're judging. It's fine.
1: Yeah, (laughs) she's. (laughs) I'll go back to my own cage now. But no, she's she's like you know one of my core values is is authenticity, and it's something that I really really am drawn to. But it, it you know and really in hearing what you've just described, maybe it's really not that unique to me, right? Like maybe that's actually just kind of a natural human conditions to want that.
0: If people have the skills to do it. And that's where people get buried because Mm. if you grow up in a family that prioritizes looking a certain way or acting a certain way, so many families lie about who they are in public and they're totally different in private. Parents who are obsessed with looking a certain way, having people just really like the fear of judgment is such a fucking cage. And once people can get to the space where they're like, I don't care what they think because this is true to me. Mm -hmm. it's not only life-changing, it's magnetizing. So I'll give you an example. As a therapist, I do things really quite differently. I don't work in an office. We sit in a tree in my field with my horses, currently sweating our asses off. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I am in a field. I have my dog with me every single day. Usually my parents live right behind me. I live on a farm and they built a house behind mine. So that's a, that's a fun story. They were like, we're moving to North Carolina too. And I was like down the road. And they were like, we're going to build the road to our house <laughs> right behind yours. And I was like, oh my God, great. <laughs>
2: but it's awesome. It's right. awesome.
0: I love my parents. They're freaking fabulous. So we sit in a field, literally in a field, in camping chairs, like director camping chairs from the Walmart doing therapy with my dogs. We have roosters and chickens and turkeys that yell at us every day, every session. And it's very, very unorthodox. Like I wear pretty much leggings and t-shirts 24 seven. I, as a human being, am very chill. I have purple hair. I have tattoos. Like as a therapist, I'm kind of unorthodox. And I'll tell you, it's super freeing. Like Mm. I'm never someone I'm not. I, I don't have a shortage of clients because the people who are for me, find me. When you're authentic, when you are who you are, one, nobody has to guess. So it's never a surprise when someone deals with you. You can yeah. be congruent. So people always know what to expect, which helps other people manage their expectations. And two, the right people are gonna be for you. And the wrong people are automatically gonna go, oh, that's not for me. Good, bye. I don't want your energy anyway. Like I want the people that are for me, And I want the people that are not for me to find whoever they're for. But that's really hard to do if you're not honest and if you're not rooted in who you are.
1: Yeah, I think the word authentic is really interesting in this context, just because I I think that in in my own experience, at least instead of the word authentic, the words that get used are more like, like honesty or Mm -hmm. dishonesty or lying. And it can look, I mean, yes, there are some similarities, but I don't, when I think of and again, I mean, this is completely subjective to me, but when I think of lying, it's like maliciously setting out to.
0: Or you protect. Know. A lot of people lie to protect. That's they fair.
1: Don't, they That's don't
0: want fair. To be upset. They don't want consequences, whatever, whatever. But authenticity, I think of it in terms of like congruency. Like mm. you are who you are. That may shift slightly in different scenarios. Obviously, Amanda as a therapist, is different than Amanda as a life coach is different than Amanda when I'm cleaning a goat pen. like it's (laughs) They're slightly different. But who I am is very congruent. What I stand for, what I allow, what I will never allow. My values, they're all the same. People who people please, people who aren't congruent will self-betray and they'll abandon those values just to fit in. And it feels awful. It feels so bad. And so then they have, you know, they wonder why they're so exhausted all the time or they they're just unhappy. Like it puts you in a really miserable space. So really a lot of the work that I do is teaching people how to be who they are in every space that they're in. Yes, of course, people adjust like you're different at work than you are at home. You're different with some friends than you are with a partner, but who you are should be consistent and congruent. Mm. And that's
1: empowering as so, hell. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I absolutely agree with that. I think that's and uh, whatever. I, I think that's why I love doing the podcast so much because I am just completely myself in it, right? It's also why I don't share it at my corporate job <laughs> very often because I don't know, I don't know if those things are congruent. But anyway, so when did you when did you know that you would like to pursue a career in coaching, therapy, the the, the oh. mental health space?
0: Yeah. So I was in college and I was thinking about doing physical therapy because I wanted to work with veterans screwed by the U.S. military industrial complex and they get left behind. Often, And I think that's not okay. So I wanted to work with vets and do physical therapy. And then I found out I'd have to take organic chemistry. And I was like, oh, your girl's not doing that. Zero mm-hmm. percent chance that I will not die doing it. <laughs> so I was like, I have things to do. I can't die. And then I wanted to train service dogs because I love animals. And I went yep. to a service dog training facility and it was like, the most, I was imagining like dogs running around, and it was the most sterile. It looked like a hospital, and I like didn't even go inside. I just turned around. I was like, "Oh my god, this, this is not for me. I can't do it." Um, <laughs> like literally drove by, and I was like, "No, this is not it." Um, so that was a big, you know, the universe was like, "Nah, girl, we can't do that." And then I found I was living in Tampa at the time. I'm from Florida. Um, and I found a therapeutic riding center in Odessa, which is about 20 minutes outside of Tampa that works with McDill Air Force Base. And mm. they are fun, like chef's kiss. They work with over a thousand people a year. They have, I, I think, 15 horses now. They have physical therapists on staff, occupational therapists, mental health therapists. They do wounded warrior. I mean, they are incredible. And I like was like, oh, OK, this is this is awesome. And so I like stepped foot. Like I drove there. I got out of the car this time. (laughs) I got out of the car and I called my mom and I said, Mom, I am going to work with horses. That's what I'm going to do. We never had horses. We never owned horses. They're so expensive in Florida. I had been around horses. I never owned a horse a day in my life. That's fine. So I like sat my parents down and I said, I'm going to move to North Carolina. I'm going to open a farm and this is, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do mental health because it's not organic chemistry. <laughs> That's right. literally the reason I was like, I get to help people. And it's my jam anyway. I'm nosy by nature. So now everyone tells me all their deepest, darkest secrets. And I'm just like, this is the best <laughs> thing in my life. <laughs> literally. It's, I get to hear all the drama, but not have any of it. Affect me. And it's like literally my best life. So I said, I'm going to move to North Carolina. And we started looking at property. Um, and so we have 50 acres up here and I full-time work from home and it is it's, it's amazing. So I do that. And then I got into coaching because I hate dealing with insurance. So I actually coach female entrepreneurs. A lot of the people that resonate with me are female entrepreneurs. And a kind of a funny thing that happens In the therapy practice is once people go through the therapy process, they decide they want more. And then I've actually had a good number of clients who want to start their own business. So I'm just like, well, that's kind of a happy accident. I love this. So I tend to believe the universe when she gives me signs and when she knocks on the door, like your girl's answering. I'm like, hey, you're knocking. Let's do this. Um, So I got into coaching and it's just also my jam. One of the beautiful things about being authentic is I only do things that I think are fun. Obviously like paperwork doesn't count, but like business wise, I only do things I enjoy. Um, And I only work with people I enjoy. So when you're authentic, then the right people are drawn to you anyway. So I do that. I work with female entrepreneurs who either want to start a business or are burned out because the therapy helps a lot with like burnout and managing stress and doing things like that. And then in my therapy practice, I see clients privately. And we just got a huge contract with the county to do seeing the county employees and working with their high trauma departments to do like tailored trainings and crisis debriefings and like a really, really phenomenal program that doesn't exist anywhere that we just started July 1st. So that's kind of the new fun thing that we're doing.
1: Oh, cool. Well, that's awesome. So (laughs) a a question I wanted to ask you with the the phrase holistic. So I'm from Mm -hmm. Springfield, Missouri, which is Nowhereville, USA. And to be perfectly candid, until literally like two weeks ago, (laughs) that's how recent this is, I thought holistic meant, and I don't actually know how to define this well, especially without sounding dismissive, and that's not my intent, but I thought holistic meant like alternative medicine. Like woo woo. Yeah. Like like, like like crystals that you.
0: Sometimes it is that. Holistic really means you take the whole system into account. So.
1: That's what I found out two weeks ago. And I was like, oh, that word yeah. makes a lot more sense now because it has the word hole in it. So anyway, like it's entire, complete. With
0: the word hole, but yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what it does is it takes all of your systems into account. So if someone comes to see me and they say, Amanda, I'm really struggling with stress. Like work is so stressful. I, you know, my finances are, are whack. I, I really need help. And I ignore every systemic factor in their life. I am horrible at my job. And I will call out any therapist in life who does not, or coach who does not work with the whole systems because we are a product of our system. So if, if I have someone coming to me and part of their mental health is because they don't have access to healthcare services or they don't make enough money. And so they have constant financial strain. Guess what? I can't work on anything until they get that until we get that under control. So you have to take the whole system into account. If someone says, hey, you know, I, I think I've got anxiety or depression or, you know, I'm struggling with this trauma thing, and then they have chronic pain, and I never take the chronic pain into account, you're not doing your damn job. Right. And this happens all the time. They'll say, oh, well, you know, we'll just, we'll work on the depression. But you're chronically in pain. That's That causes depression. like, Or someone comes to me and they say, you know anything that's that's a systems approach. They eat like garbage, right? If someone eats garbage every single day, their mental health suffers. So I mm. have to take those things into account. How do you sleep? How do you move? Do you have friends? Those yeah. things are holistic.
1: Yeah, no, that makes that, that makes a ton of sense, and that's that again. That was that aligns with what my newly found. And then sometimes was.
0: it's crystals and woo woo
1: right well and and honestly so I'm you know I, I'm someone who was is traditionally been pretty averse to my my coach also uses the phrase woo-woo so sometimes she'll come at me with something that's like a little more on the woo-woo side yeah. and then I might have like a skeptical tone and she's like, all right I know a little woo-woo but and <laughs> in would. fairness yeah exactly exactly sometimes it works and in fairness as I said to you before we started recording constantly I find that I just don't know everything which I know is the, the listeners, hard for them to understand that because they thought coming in that I did, but.
0: And here's the other thing too. A lot of what we call woo-woo is indigenous practices that Western medicine has dismissed. So it's not, it's not that it's not rooted in science or it's not rooted in culture or practice. It's not rooted in white Western culture. Right. Puncture. People thought that was woo-woo forever. Meditating, woo-woo. Harrow. But all of those things are indigenous practices. Yep. Reiki. I know people who won't do Reiki because it's the devil's work. And Reiki is just energy. It's energy healing, which also Christianity does. But so a lot of it is like dismissing indigenous practices. Now, also, a lot of practitioners don't understand that they're indigenous practices. They'll be like, we're going to stage the house, but not understand where it comes from. So, like, that's right. its own, but those things work. I mean, they're rooted in thousands and thousands of years of culture. Yeah. Are some of them, you know, like rhino horns in your smoothies for an ailment? Like maybe it works. Perhaps we don't want to kill rhinos over it, but.
1: Sure. You know. Sure. Yeah. That's a fair sentiment.
0: Yeah. So <laughs>
1: are you familiar with uh, a guy named Andrew Weld or Wild, W E L D, I think is his name. I, I've he, he's somewhat famous. He's been on like Joe Rogan's podcast, so I, I saw him there. And and then I actually also am working with a psychologist currently, and he recommended to me that I I watch this video that's by this Andrew Weld guy that's about it's just a quick demonstration of four seven eight breathing, where you like inhale or actually yeah inhale for four seconds, hold for seven, exhale mm-hmm. for eight. Oh yeah, breathwork
0: is crazy powerful. I have a friend who does it. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, and 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 it, the the reason I bring it up is because it's in explaining it. He's like, okay, so you can be sitting, you can be standing, you can be laying mm-hmm. down, and in the tradition that this comes from, which I I want to say it's like a yogic tradition. He said, but I I might be misquoting there, but whatever. Come
0: on, correct us.
1: Yes, whatever tradition it comes from, though it was he was like you they say that you're supposed to touch your tongue to like the roof of your mouth, like just behind yeah. your two front teeth. Right. Yeah. And he was like in, 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 the, the original teachings of it or whatever, it's supposed to complete a circuit within the body or complete yeah, something Vegas. there. Thank you. See? And he was like, now I don't know. I don't know how that plugs into Western medicine and science. Right. Yeah. And he's like, but the people who created it think it's important. So that we're going to do that. Experience. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. And yeah, and it does work. So I think that's, I think that's really awesome for you to explain that. Talk about how woo-woo does. It. Woo-woo is an unfairly dismissive term probably for a lot yes. of these things. Yes. <laughs> um,
0: that's true. But it, it is a good kind of umbrella term. I mean, I say woo-woo.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: It just really means like non-traditional Western medicine.
1: Right. Right. And see, I guess that's, again, that's what I thought holistic meant, but it doesn't. So do you think that's the biggest misconception about holistic healing? Is that it's Um, tied to woo-woo or... Maybe. I think...
0: I don't know how deep you want to get into that, but I think like...
1: As deep as you want to go. I
0: live in the Bible Belt, so like a lot of people really do confuse, like, because of a lack of education they don't understand. And because of like, you know, Christian dogma, they don't understand that like these things aren't going to hurt you. Like they're, they're not against Christianity. They are just, right. it's a different form of practice. And a lot of people who grew up, you know, especially I live in Southern Baptist world, like hellfire, brimstone, you know, and it's, it's really damaging to people's ability to be open-minded And to be willing to try, because if you only if you have 10 doors available to you, but you only ever use one door and that door doesn't work or it has really, really high consequences. But you just refuse to try nine other doors because someone told you they were dangerous. Like, I just really feel to see how that's helpful. So I think a lot of it was it was conflated with, you know, well, that's not Western medicine. And for so long, like the U.S. upholds Western medicine, like we think it's the holy grail mostly because they can't monetize it, right? Why isn't marijuana legal? They can't package it and sell it in a pill
1: like right. Xanax.
0: So, you know, I that I'm like advocating marijuana use, but it, it does work for some things. But part of, part of, you know, the issue is the privatization of medical <sighs> dismisses anything that's community-based, dismisses anything that's indigenous, dismisses anything that's not packageable and sellable
1: at Walgreens. Yeah. I mean, and this is, this might be crazy tangent territory. So you can just like shake your head no or something <laughs> if it's too, too much. Cause I, I don't mean to go off on some wild ride here, but like, and I, I'm not trying to really even advocate a certain position or not, but like, you know, over this last year, obviously the pandemic was <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: everything. <I> <laughs> and,
1: yeah. and like the mask debate. So in my springfield missouri also considered part of the bible belt and in my area not real big fans of the the masking and, and that sort of stuff
0: Yeah, right neither.
1: and and i in talking to people about it and in watching the conversations and i was guilty of this too with with a, a very close friend of mine the conversation of people who were pro mask came from this like this place of like authority, as if again, like this the western medicine medicine science stuff is all just hundred percent fact, do not question it. you're not a yeah. you know, quote unquote, yeah. you're not a doctor you don't know. and it's like <laughs> I, yeah. I get it that I, I understand trying to make it serious, but there's this condescension that comes through in sure. some of those conversations. And again, I'm not even trying to get into a masturbate conversation as much as just yeah. to say like, I think that you're absolutely right that there is this pedestal that Western medicine has put on, and I don't think it's invalid. I don't think that <laughs> I don't think that Western, Western medicine, medicine is bogus. Has a
0: place. It's just yeah. not the only place,
1: right? Yes. Yeah. And into yeah. something else you you mentioned earlier about like you know energy healing and Reiki and how mm-hmm. that's present present at least in some versions of of Christianity. That's something that I've tried to talk to a lot with people about because I've had you know intuitives on the show and Reiki practitioners and things know. like that, and and that's what I try and relate is like, uh, it's not exactly the same, but it, it, a lot of the practices that they do and, and like meditation, for example, isn't really that different from prayer. No. Right. right? Like
0: manifesting and prayer are the same thing.
1: Yeah. And it's, well, and it it's like shooting some energy that is not tangible to create tangible <laughs> outcomes.
0: It's calling what's already yours to you. Yeah. Is manifesting, but that's the same thing as praying.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. I just, anyway,
0: more, you know, for me, like the more education you do and the more people just aren't they're mm, they're not concerned about what people say about it. Like, I don't care if people believe in it. Or not. That's their choice. I don't give a fuck what anybody does with their life. I don't care. <laughs> I'm just here to educate. Yeah. And if they take it great. And if they leave it, okay, that's their choice. And yeah. so the beautiful thing about being authentic and having boundaries is like, everything is somebody else's choice. If they're like, I'm going to turn to a crab if I do that. Okay, sure. Well, bye. Like (laughs) Whatever. I don't care.
1: Right. If I, if
0: I look at, if I support someone and say, you know, like, I I really feel like you should, if we change your diet, if we get outside, if we, if we sleep, then you'll have really good results. They say, well, I'm not willing to do any of those. And I just say, okay, suffer.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, so that was something I was going to, I mean, and you've spoke to it a bit, but maybe, maybe you can emphasize a little more, but what is the value of sleep? in relation to mental health.
0: Oh my God, 100%. It's the most important thing you can do for your health, hands down. Hands down. If you're trying to gain muscle, lose fat, balance your hormones, improve your health. I mean, sleep is everything. It's everything. And the interesting thing about sleep, one of the best ways to sleep better is to sink your, frick, sorry, your life to your circadian rhythm. So like go outside, go outside when the sun is coming up and when the sun is setting and you'll start sinking your circadian rhythm. But sleep is hands down the most important thing. If people do nothing else, they just get better sleep and sleep for the right amount of time, their life will improve.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mentioned earlier that I've been working with a psychologist recently and when I first spoke with him, I, we talked about whatever situation I wanted to talk about in in kind of specific detail. And then he was like, okay, well, what's your diet like? And so we talked about that.
0: Holistic! Yay! Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: And he was like and he was like, okay, and so he had some ideas there and then he was like, what's your sleep like? And my sleep is terrible. And then he
0: was like, leave the room, you're like, I have to leave immediately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <not called> <laughs> right, and he goes so I told him that and he goes yeah, that might actually just be the root cause of every single thing. Like, that might just be it.
0: Yep, 100%. Uh, so. <laughs> yeah,
1: because
0: if you're not sleeping, like, imagine it evolutionarily speaking. If you're not sleeping, it's because you're being chased by something at night. That's the yeah. only reason. Right. So, your body's like, oh, we must be dying. I'm gonna wig out. Right. And if you're chronically <laughs> tired, you literally can't function.
1: Yeah.
0: So a lot of people are just grumpy little toddlers. It's like, have you taken a nappy nap? I, a snacky snack.
1: I am a million percent that way.
0: We're all that way. <laughs> because we're all grumpy little toddler gremlins. I'll tell you, people laugh when I say this, but the thing I do when I'm really stressed out is I take a nap. Yeah. And then when I wake up, I'm like, well, I guess I was just tired.
1: <laughs> right.
0: Like, that's yeah, it.
1: I, I don't know. I don't know where it stems from either. I mean, since I was a child, like, I, I actually like getting up early in the morning, uh, yeah. and I actually like staying up really late at night. But I'm not living some, like, super thrilling life, you know? It's like, <laughs> like why do I need to stay up or get up so early, like, so I can Whatever. do what? And it's like, I don't know. Be Whatever
0: conscious. you want.
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't know.
0: I'm one of those morning people, though. I'm like, when my feet hit the floor, everyone hates me. Because I'm like, <laughs> let's party. And they're like, can you calm down? And I'm like, sure can. <laughs> we have things to do. Right. Yeah, my boyfriend is real excited about
1: it. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you there, though. I, and I've always found that, like, if I have something that's, that's I don't know if challenging is the right word, but demanding, whatever you want to say.
0: Sure.
1: Doing it in the morning, I'm better equipped to do it, right? Because mm-hmm. I've got, like, the full tank of yeah. willpower and energy and all that stuff.
0: Yeah. And some people are opposite. Some people have more at night. Yeah. Um, Some people in the afternoon. And it's really just like um, when I work with clients, one of the first things I have them do is do an energy audit. And Mm. so they go throughout the day and kind of like track their energy and the tasks they're doing so that over time we can align when they have the most energy with the most energy demanding tasks so that everything flows more seamlessly. But Mm. that's a huge wake up call for a lot of people. I'm like, just track your energy throughout the day. And they're like, I've literally never thought of that. And I'm like, This is why we pay me the big bucks. (laughs)
1: Well, so that's actually something that that I've also stumbled into and and I'd be happy to hear your thoughts on is the value of tracking things, whether it be energy, whether it be whatever.
0: Yeah. So I think the bigger point is like track things that you want to track. Like,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. honestly, if I were working with a nutritionist and they told me to track food, I'm just going to flat out tell them no. Right. (laughs) I'm never going to do that in my life. I don't care if it will give me results 10 times as fast. Uh I'm not doing it. I don't care. So really it's like kind of a question of how bad you want it. I don't want it bad enough to track my food ever in my life, but energy I will track. And, you know, just again, being honest about like what you're willing to do to change something that you want to change. Because if you're not willing to do anything. It doesn't have to be tracking. It can be other stuff. But yeah, it's super valuable just to give yourself awareness. Like mm-hmm. if you're aware of something, it's a lot harder to ignore it and not change it. But there's a million other ways that's not tracking to be aware of something, even just thinking about something.
1: Yeah, no, that's certainly true. I guess the, the word accountability is an interesting word to me. And, and I think I it just kind of dawned on me that like by through tracking, it's like literally keeping an account Mm -hmm. of something then Mm -hmm. results in maybe at least a better chance for accountability. And I was like, oh, you account things and that's accountability. Huh? The words are the same thing. Interesting. Once
0: you're aware of something, (laughs) you're much more aware of the misalignment too. So if like, you know, if I say, well, I, I really want to, I really want to sleep better, but you're not really paying attention to what time you go to bed or what time you wake up or what time you put your phone down. Mm, You don't really want to sleep better. You're just lying. (laughs) And let's just be honest. Like I don't care about sleep. Okay, cool. Focus on something you do care about. Great.
1: Well, so that's something that I've, that I've also wrestled with a lot is, is this idea of, of some of a person wanting something enough or not. Like is that really it or is it is it that their beliefs create that reality?
0: I think it's both. Like nothing nothing exists in a vacuum. If you have been taught that you will never achieve something and you never question that because you've never been taught that you can question your thoughts, then you don't know how. And the other thing is if you're not attempting to change it, you're not doing anything to change it you're choosing it. Mm. You're choosing it. Whether you choose it a hundred times a day because you, and here's the thing about that is like people always know when something's out of alignment. They know. No one has to, it's not like it's a surprise when relationships are out of alignment, jobs, eating food that makes you feel like garbage, not sleeping. Like you already know whether or not you want to change it. Whether or not you believe you can change it are two very separate things, but it's usually not an awareness piece. Most of the time, it's not an honesty piece. People can do all sorts of mental gymnastics for their whole lives. They can do it for their whole lives. Abusers do it for their whole lives. Mental gymnastics to make sure they never take accountability. Nothing is ever their fault. They never have to change, but they know what they're doing is not okay people who say I want to run a 5k and they never run they know they're not running
1: yes I, certainly they do and I guess I guess my thought is just like is it is it though so if someone wanted to change that is it the underlying belief that has to change in order to shift that want maybe. or desire
0: maybe so uh, that these questions are hard because everything is it depends. Sorry. That's sure. probably just a lot of noise. Um, sorry. All good. So it depends. Like I teach and something I find a lot of value in is a process called diffusion. So it mm. really, the process is quite simple. If a thought doesn't help you live the life that you want, we just don't pay attention to it. Not that the thought goes away. It's going to be there because brains do what they do. They're silly little gremlins. But we just don't give it our attention. I call it not playing tug of war with a bull, right? If I had a bull who could play tug of war, (laughs) imagine, and he's throwing a rope at me just every single day, a hundred times a day, he throws a rope at me. I'm only playing tug of war if I pick it up. Other than that, it's just a bull throwing a rope. Our thoughts are no different. Our thoughts only have power over us. If we pay attention to them. So quite literally, you can have a pen next to you and think, I can't pick up this pen. I cannot pick up this pen. I can't pick up this pen and pick up a pen. Because your thoughts and your ability to move your muscles have nothing to do with each other. We just think they do. Mm. If no one tells you that, if no one teaches you that, then you don't know. So a lot of times people will say, but what if the thought is true? Well, I don't care. I don't care if it's true. Does it help you live your life in the way that you want to? No. Then we're no longer giving that thought or attention because the monster that we are going to feed is our attention on doing the thing that we want to do, which is a discipline practice. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So a lot of people have no discipline and a lot of people believe every thought that they think because... We grow up in our brains and we never think to question it. So there you go. Everybody question your thoughts.
1: (laughs) Well, so this, this brings me to another question I wanted to ask you then, which is like, as you've just described, my brain produces thoughts Mm -hmm. and sometimes I'm able to observe them. Yeah. And sometimes I have probably uninteresting conversations with them. (laughs) Yeah. What is that though? Like, what is, what is that? Like, that's your a... business. Okay.
0: That's you. We are not our thoughts. We're the thing behind them, which is why we can choose which thoughts to pay attention to.
1: Mm. Okay.
0: Yeah. It gets so... a lot more helpful when you start using that filter. Is this thought helpful? I don't care if it's true. Is it helpful? Does mm. it help you live the life that you want to live? And if not, let's not give it our attention.
1: Right. So, I, I definitely before we recorded, I creeped your social media, and and you have a a lot of really, a lot of really thoughtful posts, and there's cute dogs and stuff. So it, it's great Love people it. To check it out. Yeah, and one that stood out to me actually was, in fact, a dog sleeping in a bed, and mm-hmm. it said, "You don't have to earn rest."
0: Mm-mm.
1: Can you talk about that?
0: Yeah, so it's as simple as <laughs> as it says, you don't have to earn rest, as in. I usually call it don't be a dirty capitalist.
1: Mm. Um, because <laughs> that's exactly what I thought of when I read that. I was like it's like what it
0: is. don't be a dirty <laughs> capitalist. But the, you know, one of the interesting things about growing up in a country like the US is everything is tied to productivity. You know, if you're not if you don't have a side hustle, you're not allowed to have a hobby. It has to be a side hustle. If you're not working 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 yourself to death then you're not productive. Why do people get so angry at someone who's on disability? Because Mm -hmm. they don't quote unquote contribute to society, which is disgusting in and of itself. Like (laughs) why do people get so mad about people on welfare, on Medicaid, because they don't, they don't work. It's so ingrained in our culture. And so you don't have to earn rest. You don't have to say, well, if I rest now, I can work more later. What if you just rested now? What if you just enjoyed your life now? What if you just sat outside and watched some freaking birds now or, take a damn nap. Like there's, there's an Instagram that I follow called the nap ministry. That is like literally my best life. They just live to tell people to go take a nap. And I'm just like, Oh my God, you you are my idol. Like, <laughs> but so many people say, well, I'll, I'll rest after this. I'll rest after this. And then they spend their whole life doing that. And they, they work their life away for what? Then
2: mm-hmm.
0: they never enjoy it. Like you don't have to earn rest. It's, it's enough that you exist and you're tired or you just right. want to rest. Now, obviously there's a balance to that. I mean, if you're, if you're sleeping 24 seven, like there's obviously something very wrong with that, but it is a balance where like, you don't have to complete everything on your to-do list in order to take a break. Like it's okay. It's not, it's going to be there tomorrow. It's okay.
1: Certainly. It'll be there. It'll be there. <laughs> It'll be there right? Things right. never
0: end. Like I was giving a training on burnout on Tuesday and you know, I was like, leave work early. Leave work an hour early. And they're like, I could never, I could yes. Lies. <laughs> like <laughs> yes, you can well, well, but I have I have to clean and I have to debt to that. And I said, clean tomorrow. Yeah. Clean tomorrow. Your house is gonna be dirty again anyway. Clean tomorrow. Clean tomorrow. Go hang out with your kids. Go play with your dog or do nothing. You know, right. so many people, like, their nervous system is tuned to going, 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 chaos, 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 that it never gets tuned to silence, but that that's actually, humans are meant to exist, like, humans are meant to have a significant amount of downtime, mm. and we, because we live in this society, because everything is so fast now, you know, it's one of the, one of the basics that I tell people, like, go outside and sit, like do nothing more often because we actually need that decompression time. And a lot of people don't get it. And there's a lot of systemic barriers for that too. If you can't afford to live on one job, you have to have two and you know, there's obviously those that exist as well. Yeah. But yeah, you don't have to, you don't have to deserve it. It's enough that you're here and you are worth taking a break.
1: Right. So, how common do you find negative self-talk to be? Oh, God.
0: Well, to be fair, my population is a little biased um, <laughs> because they're already coming to me, you know, with with trauma, sure. anxiety things. So, like that. Um, in a normal population, I don't know. In the people I work with, a hundred percent. Yeah. Um, because it's someone else's voice, right? Like when we when we're dogging ourselves and we're downing ourselves, that that criticism isn't, it's not natural. It's taught, you know, you never hear kids just really wailing into someone like kids naturally are really supportive. They are Hmm. the fastest to like cheer somebody on Hmm. In a room for a kids. And like somebody walks in with a pizza, right? Everyone is screaming. They're not like, Oh my God, there's not enough pepperoni. Like they're just hype (laughs) AF. Right. So that negative, how we talk to ourselves, our internal soundtrack is taught to us. If you grow up and you're you're told that failures are a part of life and it's okay and you just made a mistake and you can fix it, that's what you're going to tell yourself when you make a mistake. If you get railroaded for every little thing you do, that's what you're going to do. You're going to beat yourself up. Like We become our own abusers when that's what we're taught as children, or we become our own hype people. Like I tell everyone I know my parents chronically think the sun shines out of my bum. And so it's easy for me to say, well, I can totally do that. But I've always had parents that say, of course you can do that. Even when they didn't really know what I was doing, like for a couple of years, they were like, I don't know what the hell equine therapy is. Like, I have no idea what you do. (laughs) They have no idea what I did. They don't even know. They're just like, you play with horses and people pay you. I don't know what this is. Right but they believed in me enough to move to North Carolina with me to live on the phone with me. And that is so powerful. So, so it's extremely common. It's extremely detrimental and you can change it at any time. And the way that we change it is by being starting with neutral statements. A lot of people will say, well, use positive affirmations, but that feels it's too big of a jump. So you have to start with neutral statements. Like I'm probably not the worst human being alive. That's true. And it's easier to swallow when what you're used to is you are a garbage human being and you should kill yourself. That is a much smaller jump to say, Well, I'm probably not the worst human to ever exist. I mean, Hitler existed, so definitely not worse than that. Right. That is true. Or for someone with body image, you know, instead of saying you're a fat, ugly slob, you would say, Well, my my skin holds my organs in and that's nice. <laughs> true.
1: Yeah.
0: True. It holds your organs in and that's nice. My legs carry me. Okay. Also true. That is a much easier jump than when we go to, oh, I I like my legs. It's much more easy to do that. Or hey, you know, I sometimes I'm good at painting. Awesome. That becomes a smaller jump. So we, we go in jumps and that's how we start changing that, that soundtrack, but it's extremely common and it's so detrimental. Like we just make things up and decide they're true and they ain't even true. Like you just made it up and decided it was real. Why? Makes no sense.
1: Right. No, I, I, so before I started working with a coach, I was talking to a friend one time and he's been, doing personal development stuff for a long time and yeah and we were talking about I don't I don't probably pursuing a goal of some sort I don't remember yeah. specifically but and I said to him I was like yeah but don't you have like I'm trying to figure out how to stop like calling myself names and stuff like don't you yeah. ever have that and he was like n- n- no I mean not that I'm like always thrilled with every choice I make or thought I have or something but no not yeah. really and I was like really and and it took a long yeah well it took a long time for me to unravel that like this isn't a natural state right and and for right. me yeah well and for me it, it what i ultimately came to realize was that it 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 was a version of of me thinking that i was being honest with myself cuz if it's like i make a choice that doesn't align with whatever stated goal i have so i'm going to be brutal with me, yeah. because at least I'm not lying about. And a it, lot right? of
0: people shame motivate. Most parents, especially boomers, shame motivate. Yep. But People will talk about, like, people use brutal honesty just to be an asshole. You're going to be brutally honest. Bitch, I don't care about your brutal honesty. Where's your compassionate honesty? Where's your warm honesty? Where's your humor honesty? Like, don't come to me with your brutal, like, I will shoot you into outer space via a Tesla with your brutal bullshit. No, where's your compassionate honesty? Mm. That takes courage. That takes honesty. If you're just being brutal, you're just being mean, and that doesn't change anyone. Have you ever changed anything because somebody shamed you into it? No.
1: Right. So why well, would
0: it work on ourselves?
1: And well, that's the, that's a, eventually another conclusion I came to is I was like, well, this is crazy that I've been doing this for this long because even let's say let's say as a hypothesis that it was going to work i'm i'm 37 now i've had plenty of time to bear out that it hasn't worked you know what i mean Like, right.
0: i'll tell um, you one of the things i say most often with my clients and i say and how does that work for you <laughs> and god bless them for not just punching me in the face when i say that because I realize it sounds extremely sarcastic, but I used to say, and I said said it to one of them last night. I said, "Hmm, how does that work for you? And they just go, they just laugh because they already know. And I'm just like, okay, why are we doing this? So like the more that you really just think about is what I'm doing helping me live my best life where I am happy. And if the answer is no, Let's figure out what to do instead. And it's that simple. It's just not that easy.
1: Yeah, and I will just say also, you have a, a lot of affirmations on your uh, social media profiles and stuff that I think we are really cool.
0: Thursdays.
1: Nice. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, again, though, I think I think they're really cool. And for me personally, because I have broken that cycle of negative self-talk. Mm-hmm. Right now, when I, I I still make choices that are not in alignment with my stated goals.
0: We all do.
1: But I don't terrorize myself because of it anymore right so and affirmations was how
0: (laughs) affirmations help oh they can be Mm life-changing you just have to be in a certain space to be able for them to work
1: right right.
0: but yeah they are what we tell ourselves what we believe about ourselves becomes our reality and it's so sad when the only thing holding someone back is just a belief and they're just like well i could never do that okay you're right yeah And I usually frame things as an experiment. I say, Why don't you just try it? If it doesn't work, no harm, no foul. What if it does? Right. And that is just just that permission to say, What if you just try it? It doesn't have to work. What if we just see how it goes? People are like, oh. <laughs> right. Oh, and it's like, but when you're in that space you're too, you're too busy surviving to think about like, how do I even get out of here? Which is where like a coach can really be helpful.
1: For someone to forgive someone else, Mm. certainly the person who's been forgiven benefits in some way potentially, but the forgiver benefits a ton often. The volunteer, obviously they're providing something for whoever they're volunteering for, but the volunteer themselves extracts some value from that. When you're being gracious, there's a a positive loop back into that, Mm. even though you're the one that's grateful, but... But that's not, you know, that's not the root of it, right? Like being grateful is expressing it to to someone else or expressing sure. uh, something external, I guess. And I, I guess the, the common thread I kind of was seeing between those is that it's like it's doing something outside of yourself, whether it be forgiving, volunteering, being gracious. I'm sure there's infinite examples, but it ends up returning back to, at least in my own experience, helping me feel better. Well, what
0: that's is the law of dynamics, right? Energy is neither created nor destroyed. If you put something out, it comes back. Mm. Negativity, bias, hate, love, grace. It comes back because the universe is always in balance. Mm. That's why that's why people can so like tyrants, right? They can quote unquote be successful and like, you know, terrorizing their countries. But they're very out of balance. Like that energy goes somewhere. Their country never prospers. But people who are gracious, who are kind, who show up for others, like it you can tell people that are like that. And that's because they radiate it. Like it comes back. The the universe is always in balance. Now, does that mean terrible things don't happen to good people? No, of course it doesn't. Like it's also chaos. But what you give comes back. Especially if it's genuine. You know, some people give just to look good. That's not no. real. <laughs> like, that's fake. You know, and that energy gets...
1: Yeah. So I had heard read something a while back that was talking about the story of Cain and Abel and how that's most commonly looked at as a story of, like, the first murder, right? And mm-hmm. that's what it's about. But this person kind of argued that it's actually more about genuine sacrifice versus what you're talking about kind of like sacrifice for appearance because in that story Abel is genuinely sacrificing and Cain is not really doing that which is then why he you know incurs the wrath or whatever I just thought that was really interesting I'd never I'd never thought of it that way before I guess but it kind of aligns with what you're explaining about the, the genuineness of
0: yeah. the giving and it's karma like Again, outside of like horrible, some things are just accidents, right? But like people get what's coming to them. That doesn't mean you're shielded. It doesn't mean bad things don't happen to you. It doesn't mean it's protective. It just means in general, Uh you get what's coming. Yeah. Inside of accidents and chaos, because that exists too.
1: Right, right. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, as you said, you know, the word you used, balance. I mean, so as much as, there's an order to it. Like you said, mm-hmm. there's also this, it's
2: also <laughs> chaos. right. This chaotic it? side. Yeah.
1: Right. Right. So, I mean, you've talked about this some to some extent already uh, and maybe there's not mo- much more to say, but how much does an adult person's current mental state tie back to values that were established very early in childhood? I
0: would say it depends on how much work they've done, but we learn how to be humans via our, family or caregivers culture, because that's, that's how we learn relationship dynamics, how to treat people, how to exist in public, how to exist in private. Like we learn a lot of things and kids don't have the capacity to filter Accept mm. um, it as gospel because that's all they know. It's their normal. So it depends on how much interaction they have with outside influences. Cause you'll, you'll, you know, as you grow older and you interact with different people, you start to realize, oh, the things my family did weren't normal. They're not everywhere. It was just us. But that also takes a certain amount of awareness. And so if you don't practice awareness, if you're not willing to to ask yourself what you learned growing up or what you carry from that, then it's a little hard to change. If you never acknowledge your roof is leaking, then you never have to change it. Humans right. are the same way. If we never acknowledge that some of the things we're doing are problematic. Even if you had a great childhood, we all learn problematic things. But if we're never honest about those, then we can't do better. And a lot of people, again, don't know how to be compassionately honest and to just be curious. Like, hey, what did I learn that's really not serving me and not beating themselves up for it? Not saying, oh my God, I am a garbage human because I do X, Y, Z. Like, Okay. Yeah. You've hurt people. Everyone has, right. It's part of growing up. Like everyone has hurt someone else. The extent differs of course, but, but beating yourself up for things that you didn't know don't help you move forward. It's just an extra burden to carry and it's too heavy.
1: Yeah. So do do people have innate character flaws or maybe neither? You say,
0: I I think maybe we will never know because nobody exists in a vacuum. I don't know. Humans are funny little creatures as, as a general species, but we all, it's always environment and nurture because we exist in relation to other people. So I don't know that we'll ever know because you can't raise someone in a vacuum.
1: Yeah. Well, and I guess where I was going to take that though is so for me, like I, I definitely used to think that. And then in, in the the work that i've done over the last couple of years i now much more believe that like we're kind of more just a collection of habits and routines and yeah. those may or may not have flaws sure. but those are changeable right so I, and and that's why i like it i think Almost because
0: everything about us is changeable
1: right, right but some
0: things feel like who we are for example if i tried mm-hmm. to be very professional and Ugh. <laughs> <Like> it feels <laughs> gross. It, it's not who I am. It's not, if I had to wear a pencil skirt and heels and pearls and exist in corporate America. Oh my God. I would never do. It's not authentic to who I am.
2: So yeah.
0: both, right. Because everything is a dichotomy. Like, yes, we can change behaviors, but some of them are going to be who we are. And we want to keep those. Mm as long as, you know, it's not an asshole.
1: Right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if, that, if you're saying that's who you are, that's just an excuse. So you don't have to change. Like that's not, <laughs> that's not real. Humans aren't meant to be that way. We're meant to help and support and love each other. It's literally how we survive. That doesn't go away just because somebody doesn't want to take accountability.
1: Yeah. I, and again, I'm, I'm citing all these things without any reference whatsoever, but yet again, I heard, or read, you know, but where they were talking about that, how throughout human history, like Brutality is actually reduced now. Again, not in like a ten-year span or something, but over the, the the scope of human history. Because to exactly what you are talking about, like, like we exist together, right? So, mm-hmm. someone who's brutal and evil or whatever—I mean, not that they can't rise to power and not that they can't, you know, thrive in some spaces, but ultimately they get pushed out, right? Because
0: typically, unless yeah. systems support them, right. 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 So it depends. That's, you know, if you're talking about like tyranny and and patriarchy and things like that, they exist to support and uphold brutality because they, it is a hierarchy. But ideally they would get pushed out and sent to Antarctica to die. Right. (laughs) They don't. They don't. And there's a lot of systems to support that, which is why having boundaries and taking accountability and like not, you know, doing your best not to put up with BS is so important because there's so many people that will take advantage just because you're nice. And they don't like people like that don't care who they take advantage of. They'll do it to anybody who allows them to. And it's on us not to allow them to.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what you spoke to earlier about the the brutal honesty versus compassionate honesty, that was something that also has dawned on me in recent years is that, so I'm, I'm someone who's always been, and I'm, you know, a six, five white guy from Springfield, Missouri. So <laughs> it, I, I've not been threatened a lot. Right. So I, that, I, that it, to some extent, that's, that's a part of it. Certainly. Right. But, um, I'm, I'm willing to be confrontational and 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 I don't mean like be a bully. I'm not that person at all. But I'm willing to, or, if I think something's not right, yeah. I'll stand up for it. And I used to think that that mm-hmm. was like the, and this doesn't even make sense as a phrase. But what I'll call like the hard work or something, right? Like some people aren't able to be confrontational. Mm-hmm. They're not able to stand up for themselves, and not because they're weak people or something. They don't
0: have the skills.
1: Yeah. Or or it's a skill. And
0: they can have it. yeah.
1: Exactly. And so. And so it's like, oh well, I'm willing to to challenge things, and so because of that, like that's that's like some some you know badge of honor or something. And then I came to realize that, or yeah, laughable. I came to realize that actually, like the real, again, air quotes that no one but you and I can see, hard work of of this, is is exactly what you said. It's like, yeah, like be confrontational, stand up for what's right, but do it in a way that doesn't alienate mm-hmm. the person that you're confronting. Well,
0: some people deserve to be alienated. Yes. Right? I was going to say there's you caveats. To clear about that. You aren't yes. allowed to take anyone out of your life who is abusive. Yes. Bar none, you don't need an excuse here. You know what? Here's your excuse. Tell them Amanda told you it was fine. They can come find me. I don't care. But yeah, being able to do it in a way, because again, a lot of people don't practice awareness. So they don't always know that what they're doing is causing that reaction. So being able to explain to someone, hey, the way that you came at me was really problematic and here's why. Here's why I'm having that reaction is actually a really valuable skill versus you just being like, you're a bitch, canceled. Like that doesn't help them, <laughs> right. especially if they didn't intend for it to be cruel. Like someone who's cruel with an intention, we don't give them that courtesy. We just yes, cut them agreed. out. Yes, But if we want to educate someone, then educate them and tell them, hey, the way that you came at me, the way that you said that, the way that you did this, it's not okay with me. And so going forward, I'd really like for you not to do that. Yeah. And it can be that simple. What you're doing is not okay. Please do this instead. Yeah. And how they react is going to tell you a lot about them and their ability to uh, be corrected.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Your your phrase of, of, of compassion and honesty that that really resonated with me I like that one a lot so again non sequitur here recently on one of your podcasts maybe the most recent episode you talked about time blocking
0: Mm, Uh, yes I love time blocking
1: so I actually a couple months ago ordered Cal Newport's time blocking book after hearing him explain it on uh the Lex Friedman podcast hey there's a a legitimate that's where I a source but anyway (laughs) and yeah I found it to be to be a a pretty fascinating idea, but can you talk about, explain what time blocking is and just kind of how you help your clients use it? Well,
0: correct me if I get it wrong. (laughs) Correct me if I get it wrong. But so time blocking is batching things in like similarity. So if you're gonna create content, that is a batch that you have. And then you do similar things that you're not switching tasks all the time. And so Mm -hmm. that your energy is aligned. So you're scheduling these tasks in a batch of similar things, according to your energy. For example, seeing clients is energy intensive for me. So I block them two to seven in the afternoon. That's when I do it. If I did it in the morning, I would be exhausted in the afternoon. So I do it at night. So that way I'm done when I'm done. If I'm going to create content, I do a bunch of it all at once. If I'm going to write emails, I block all my emails. So you put in You start with your calendar and you put in like your non-negotiable appointments, things you physically have to be at first and then appointments, deadlines, whatever next. And then you start filling in these tasks or batches of tasks according to your energy is how I do it. Now, if I have it wrong, please correct.
1: <laughs> oh no, 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 that's exactly correct. Yeah, yeah, no, that's okay. that's my understanding of it as well. And yeah, I just, I, th- I found it personally to be a pretty powerful thing. I guess I yeah. I, I didn't know if I'm you would a also more
0: productive.
1: yeah yeah way
0: really more productive doing
1: it. Hmm. Well, and it also for me it helped just reduce an anxiety about about if I'm going to get everything that I needed to get done done right. Like it because I have this time sectioned out. It's like it's just way more clear. Anyway, obviously mm-hmm. it's a very specific technique. I just thought it was really fascinating, and and I don't see a lot of other people discussing it. So yeah. I thought it was cool to see it on your show.
0: My business um, coaches actually taught it to me.
1: Oh, cool! Awesome.
0: They are lovely. Yeah.
1: Well, Amanda, I honestly could talk to you probably all evening, but I will <laughs> not. I will not bogart all of your time. I, I really, really appreciate you coming on the show again. Yeah, as I said at the top, fine. and I'll have links in the show notes to your website and, and your podcast. Anywhere else that you'd like people to to connect with you at though?
0: They can hang with me on Instagram at Amanda underscore chills. That's the main platform that I'm on. You'll always get pictures of me and interesting things and the animals. Yeah. But I mainly hang out on Instagram and I love the podcast. So if people listen to it, want to follow, want to message me, they have a question about it. Like just reach out. I'm super friendly.
1: Awesome. Well, Amanda, again, I really appreciate your time this evening. Thank you so much.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Bye, friends. Bye, new friends.
2: Cosmic The. let cool.
1: that's all for the show today thank you so much to amanda chills for being a guest and sharing your humor and wisdom i also want to thank misha zarens for the music in today's show and last but not least thank you listener for listening i also invite you to check out my other podcast pick up your sticks which is a video game show where we explore the idea of why gaming matters my other show is the crowfall podcast which shares stories and perspectives from the mmo crowfall both of these are available on any podcast app thanks again for the listen have a great week stay up